0: Estee Lauder's stock is down 56% from its peak only about a year ago. This stock is, is absolutely be hammered and it's a collection of brands in the skincare and makeup area. They just completed a $2.5 billion acquisition of the Tom Ford brand. Uh, they also own brands like Clinique, Too Faced, MAC, Smashbox. Let's go through this cash machine. Figure out how much jack they make. And if you bought the stock today at the new low, held it for 10 years, how much money would you make? Ready? Let's get to work. Welcome to Rational Investing. My name is Cameron Stewart, CFA. Thank you for watching the channel. I greatly appreciate it. This week we're going to take a look at Estee Lauder, a makeup and skincare company. But before we do that, let's just review very quickly what we do here in this channel. We are rational, long-term cash flow seeking investors that are looking to pay reasonable prices for very uh, solid and well-won companies. We call them wonderful companies. They are companies that generate a ton of cash every year, trade at reasonable prices, and should continue to grow over the 10, 20, and 30 years that you own equities. If you are trading out of stock, in and out, once a month, once every six months, once every couple of days, you are missing the point of being a stock investor. You are a partner. In the business that you are buying. Business ebb and flow. It is not a straight line upwards and you need to be able to weather that storm. To do that we look at 10 years of data and we try to figure out what is the long-term pattern of this company? Uh, What has management been able to accomplish with reinvesting their money over these years? And if we believe that and we can make a conservative forecast, let's buy the stock and hold it for a long, long time. That is how compounding happens. And we do this by reviewing five key factors for the stocks that we look at. And this is kind of the launching off point for further due diligence, but it's one of the five factors that I have found as a CFO in my professional life that does actually get to the root of the, um, of the underlying business. And that's what I try to focus on. Number one, top line revenue growth. You want a company that's growing their revenue as a whole. Number two, earnings growth. I want a business whose total Company-wide earnings are growing, not just earnings per share that can be manipulated by the number of shares outstanding. You want total earnings growth. Number three, you want strong free cash flow. You want cash flow that can easily cover the capex required for the business. Number four, you want low debt. You want a business that has less than three times debt to EBITDA as a starting point. And number five, you want a well-priced stock. You want a stock that has a margin of safety built into the price already. How do we do that? You put forth a conservative forecast in your assumptions. I often deviate from what analysts on the street um, are projecting because they're analysts. They want investment banking fees, they want clients to believe in them, they, they, have under, they have conflicting interests. What I want to do is build a forecast that I'm willing to put my money against and that means it's going to have a margin of safety in it. So if you build a forecast that's conservative and the price is low enough to where you're conservative forecast is expected to beat the S&P 500, in my mind that's a great place to begin a position subject to obviously further due diligence. So that's what we try to do here. We build a conservative forecast and let the stock price come to us. That's going to limit the number of stocks that you can pick, you buy. If you remember, uh, making an investment portfolio is not about picking stocks. It's basically excluding uh, stocks and what's left are stocks that meet your criteria. Those are the ones you can consider. Okay, let's take a look at Estee Lauder. Now behind me I have some data from the Cash Flow Club. If you're not familiar with the Cash Flow Club, take a look at CashFlowInvestingPro.com. It's a monthly club where me and some analysts publish our thoughts on a whole host of companies. I've just published Estee Lauder and I want to go through it today. I'm going to talk to you about uh, the, the company in a second, but I want to give you just a shot at one of the, some of the brands that they that they own, including Tom Ford, which they just uh, they just recently purchased. Uh, Two Faced, uh, Smashbox, like I said, the Out- Outlook Mac, uh, Estee Lauder, obviously, Clinique, uh, Bobby Brown. They have some uh, very unique, uh, trendy brands that they have acquired, and their business model is such like this. Uh, They wait for brands to become established or at least on the upward slope. They acquire them for a reasonable price and they take those businesses and they push them into the Estee Lauder manufacturing chain and distribution chain to scale. That is what's known as a strategic buyer as opposed to a financial buyer like a private equity group that will buy a company for cash and and, and are seeking a cash multiple on that and just hold it and try to grow it but without with, with no synergies, they're, they are buying the platform and that platform they have to grow. A strategic buyer has a management team, has investor relations, has manufacturing capability, can take the brand name and, and, uh, and, and push it through their network and make more money off it. So they're often willing to pay a higher price. Let's take a look at the potential price that they paid for uh, the Tom Ford brand. Now the Tom Ford brand, the, the, the revenue is unknown, earnings are unknown. So this is kind of a guess. But when I read their annual report, Estee Lauder's annual report, it says here that they paid $2.5 billion for the business. Uh, basically 2.2 in cash and a note that's due in, in six months, 12 months uh, for another $300 million, $2.5 billion, rough numbers for their um, uh, for the purchase price. Now, in an article I found, it said that Tom Ford's brand is estimated to do about 800 million a year in business of revenue. Now, it's a um, now now it's a luxury brand, so I would expect those margins to be a bit higher. So, if we take 800 million for revenue and say they're operating at a 30% margin, uh, just for reference, Estee Lauder is about 20% margin. Tom Ford's a luxury brand, higher, 30%, it's a guess. That means they're making about $240 million of EBITDA a year. Now, if you take that and divide that into the $2.5 billion of uh, enterprise value or market cap, that means you're paid 10.4 times EBITDA for the business which is not in my opinion a unrealistic price to pay for uh, for a business that that's that size that is a rather rather normal market price for a company that's doing that much in revenue and earnings now you take those earnings of 240 million and you put them into sa lauder which trades at an 18 to 20 times earnings and you get a market multiple expansion right away from buying the business and that's the Decent buy for Estee Lauder, in my opinion. But let's take a look at their Q4 results. Kind of a mixed bag here. There's some. It, uh, the stock is definitely down on the news that the Asian market is being um, slower to recover post-COVID reopening than anticipated, and they have higher inventory in Asia right now. So as a result, the uh, the the, uh, the customers are not reordering from Estee Lauder as fast as they normally do and you can see this in the skincare line year over year 2023 to 2022 down 17% in skincare you'll also notice that skincare is the vast majority of their revenue not necessarily a makeup company they're more of a skincare company uh, with 8.2 billion dollars of net sales in 2023 being specifically the skincare out of the roughly 16 billion of total revenue for the business in 2023. You've got makeup at $4.5 billion, fragrance $2.5 billion, and hair care rounding out with $653 million in 2023. In total, uh, skin care was down 17% year-over-year, year, makeup was down 3%, fragrance was flat, hair care was up 3%, and then other was up 10%, but that counts for very, very little total revenue. So as a whole, the business revenue was down 10% year-over-year. Which is, which is which is causing the stock to fall uh, dramatically, both because of the news of lower earnings and the market compression, market multiple compression, that I'll get to in a little bit. Let's also take a look at the geographic distribution of their revenue. So again, I'm just pulling this from their Q4 earnings release. You can find it on their website. Uh, just some snippets. So the Americas represent... Um, roughly a third of their total revenue 4.5 billion in America's versus the 16 total revenue the Europe, Middle East and Africa 6.2 billion dollars and then Asia Pacific is 5.2 billion dollars again out of the um, uh, 16 billion. So roughly, roughly a third, a third, a third. Very rough numbers. But that's kind of how the breakdown goes. So if Asia is slow to reopen or the Chinese economy is slowing, it's absolutely going to have an impact on their numbers. And if you're buying this stock, you need to be buying it with the my, with a very, very long-term uh, view in mind that a makeup company is generally kind of recession-proof uh, and that it should recover over time. Certainly, I'm very interested in this stock because with the market multiple compression that we're experiencing, a company like Estee Lauder, who has the connections into the new makeup brands that they would like to acquire, those makeup brands will become cheaper in this market. And if Estee Lauder is smart, They will reserve their cash on the balance sheet for making strategic acquisitions during the down market. Just like we're looking at their stock, they're looking at other stocks. That's what we want. We want someone who becomes aggressive during the downturn to build their earnings power so that when it recovers, they're recovering with a greater portfolio as a whole. So I kind of like that. Outlook for the business... Again, just grabbing the snippet here. Outlook for the business is a four to five, excuse me, five to seven percent year-over-year growth in the revenue. Their EBITDA margin should recover. It was at a low of uh, I want to say sixteen percent last year. That's what really hit earnings. It should come back up to about twenty-one percent, which is their long-term average. So let's take a look at the cash flow one pager. What Do you ask is a one-pager a one-pager is a one-page summary that we develop that shows 10 years of history of revenue earnings debt market cap enterprise cap value free cash flow and then we forecast based off that so let's take a look and let's summarize 10 years of data for estee lauder 2014 revenue 10.9 billion dollars that has grown uh, pretty nicely over that period of time about a 4% annual clip Um, to 10.7, 11.2, 11.8, 13.6, 14.8, 14.3, 16.2, 17.7, and 15.9. So it's kind of up and down, but overall trend is higher. That's a 4% annual growth rate, including the down year of last year. If I remove this down year, just look at 2022's peak revenue. uh, It was an 8% annual growth rate of revenue over that 9-year period of time. Which is a very healthy single-digit growth rate for revenue. It checks the box for us. Uh, you don't expect a business to go up every single year. That's, a, that's a near impossible um, and, and, uh, and you don't want to have unrealistic expectations of the business that you own. Now let's take a look at earnings. What we do at this channel is we look at enterprise level. You, earnings, we look at EBITDA. Earnings before interest, tax, depreciation, and amortization. It's a its a proxy for the normalized, in air quotes, uh, business operations. It excludes write-downs. So what happens with companies like Estee Lauder, uh, Anheuser-Busch, InBev is another big one. But these companies that buy other brands, they have to buy them at, in the market. And sometimes brands are expensive. When... Uh, when Estee Lauder was buying Tom Ford, they were bidding against another company that drove the price up a little bit. So what happens if you buy a company that is greater than its book value, then you get some, some, something called goodwill or intangible assets. Uh, that is basically an accounting term that says, hey, I don't know what this was, but you paid for it, so I'll create an asset for it and put it on the balance sheet. Uh, and as a result those are tested every single year to make sure that they're still worth what's stated on the balance sheet and often is it the case that that has to be written down such as the case here with Estee Lauder where they write they wrote down $200 million of intangible assets last year uh, resulting from a uh, 2 face acquisition and uh, Smashbox I believe uh, those were acquired years ago, you continually test those every single year and if the projected cash flow of the business is not living up to the carrying value of the asset, it's written down. Those write downs are excluded from this EBITDA number. That's why I call it normalized earnings because it's kind of trying to remove some of the noise just to get an idea of the, the normal kind of cadence of the business uh, without the accounting changes that happen from time to time. But I digress. Let's dive into EBITDA. So EBITDA 2.2 billion dollars in 2014 to two to one point, Excuse me to 2.2, 2.3, 2.8, 3.1, 2.7, 3.7, 4.2 was the peak last year, and then 2.5 billion dollars last year, down almost 40 percent uh, as a result of the lower revenue and higher costs that happened last year. Now it's interesting to note that this peak of $4.2 billion last year did not include the Tom Ford brand, which we said made about $240 million a year. So if you take the, two, the $4.2 plus another 2.250, $240 million, you get about $4.5 billion of earnings from a business that has Tom, Tom Ford and has peaked last year with uh, before the decline. So, if we're looking at this business to recover over the time, we'd expect that number to be up close to 4.5 and then grow with some kind of period of time in between while the business stabilizes, fixes margins, uh, and fix the inventory issue that they're complaining about last year in Asia. But that's EBITDA and it's growing at, what, this is 1% annual growth rate, including the down year of 2023. If you back up one year and just look at 2014 to 20, uh, 2022, which peaked at 4.2 billion. That's a 4 or 5% annual growth rate. So, er, revenue and earnings are both growing for us. Debt has grown substantially the last several years as they're making these acquisitions. Notably, the debt peaked at $9.3 billion when they acquire the Tom Ford brand and this is causing them a little bit too much leverage. It's, it's a call out in their earnings release and the CFO says that they are suspending their share repurchase program as they work to buy down this debt. They will be, I think, paying down another uh, to probably billion or more of debt as well as trying to grow earnings to get this number more in line with the earnings number. They do have excess cash. I think they have about $2 billion of excess cash. Market cap $29 billion to, to $63 billion. You can see the market cap peaked at about $108 billion a couple years ago. Enterprise value is simply the addition of the debt market cap less the, cash, uh, less the excess cash. So let's take a look at our debt to EBITDA ratio. As you can see over the side, debt to EBITDA for this business for a long time has been about one, one and a half times. It's recently spiked to 2.9 and the CFO has identified this as an issue. And he wants to bring this down. 2.9 is too high. They're going to have to spend billions of dollars to bring that down. That's going to suck up some free cash flow. So you have to adjust the free cash flow going forward for the debt buy down. Once the debt is bought down, that free cash flow is unlocked and we get it back. So you're going to expect higher free cash flow later in the forecast period for this business. Enterprise value EBITDA, you can see what's going on here. Previously, this business traded 13, it's 14 to 20 times, which I think is a reasonable number for this business. However, the more, more recently, this, this business has traded a very, very high multiple, 30 times market price, which is way, way too high for a makeup business. And what's happening is the earnings came in low, only 10% off down year over year and the market price is hammered 50% down. Why? Well, 10% for earnings, but then the market multiple compression from 30 to 28 absolutely crushed earnings. It's now trading at um, roughly uh, 18 times or so forward earnings. So it really went down from 30 to 18 and that's what caused the, the drop in the stock price. Free cash flow here of adjusting for stock-based comp, which is not that much. It follows the same pattern as EBITDA. I'm not going to cover it uh, verbatim, but it's essentially the same pattern, which means that the, cash, the accounting team is expensing costs properly because the growth rate of the cash flow from operation is matching to the EBITDA. Good job, accounting team. CapEx is a notable, notable increase here in 2022. Their CapEx went from roughly $600 million to $1 billion and they're expecting a $1 billion next year as well. What's going on? Well, they've decided to up their their CapEx investment over time. So they're going to stick with the $1 billion, basically 6% of revenue versus it was 4 or 5% of revenue in prior periods. This we hope will grow earnings long term, but it's a near term cash flow hit. Debt last year they borrowed 1.7 billion dollars to get the to get the um, the acquisition of uh, Tom Ford completed. This these numbers should turn negative as they're buying down debt going forward. Overall, cash flow is okay for this business. It's not super strong. It's okay. Shares outstanding have been dropping 393 million shares, 386, 377, 373, 376, 370, 367, 368, 365, 361. They're slowly churning up their shares, which is what I like. It's one of the things we look for in a stock that is buying back its own um, stock. They've said they're going to pause this because they made the big acquisition and they need to digest the debt. That's a smart move. You buy back stock when your stock is cheap and when you don't have other higher, more creative investments to make. If they've chosen to go after the Tom Ford brand, which is a step in the luxury direction, which is what I want to see them do, that is good. I think they bought it at a reasonable market multiple. And if I have to digest some debt to do so, I'm all right with that. Pause the share repurchase, integrate Tom Ford, build that brand, and then re-engage that share purchase a couple years from now, if you can't find another acquisition that I like. They are continuing to maintain the dividend. So as a result, I can show you free cash flow per share, the price, and then a yield. The yield here is pretty small. On a forward basis, it's about five to 6%, which is kind of in the mid range. We wanna see things that are eight to 10, but they're rare. I'll take a business that is growing solidly single digits with a 5% free cash flow yield on a forward basis. I think that's still a decent company to own. So let's forecast this business. So what I've done, I took their guidance. I said, okay, you're going to grow revenue at 5 6% a year. EBITDA margins, free cash flow margins are going to return to their historical averages, not the peaks we saw last couple years, but I'm taking like eight, nine years of history and saying, okay, EBITDA should be about 21% of revenue. I think it was 16% last year. So you're going to get revenue growth over time plus margin recovery. So you're getting an acceleration of EBITDA growth in the near term and then it flattens out to where margins stay and your EBITDA growth rate is the revenue growth rate. So that's what you're seeing here. And I'm targeting roughly $6 billion of EBITDA out long term for this business for a conservative recovery. Could that be higher? Yeah. I, I I hope it is. And I hope what we're doing here is baking in some conservative assumptions to where they're going to beat it because if you buy the stock you're, you're putting your money on this forecast. You're buying the forecast. So then, after you have six billion dollars of EBITDA out 2023, uh, 2033, excuse me, out ten years from now, you have to attach a market multiple that, and I'm going to give 18 times. Now, again, if we look historically, this thing has traded anywhere between, call it 14 and 19, as high as 31, which is a ridiculous number. 18 is reasonable. So you're going to see this kind of compression depending upon where you buy, by the by the stock. It's it's roughly there now. So it's really kind of holding that multiple flat. If the stock price declines any further, I think then you get the opportunity to have the market multiple expansion where you're buying the stock at 16 times and it's going to sell for 18 in the future. But right now it's about even. That gives me a $288 price target for Estee Lauder out 10 years based on an EBITDA market multiple method. I can use the same methodology and look at free cash flow per share. Free cash flow per share is down year over year because last year they borrowed a ton of money. This year they have to pay a ton of money back and they're going to pay down the debt. I have about a quarter of a billion dollars a year, $250 of payments for the next four years. And so you can see over time cash flow comes back up to about 10%, excuse me, $10 per share over the long term as the debt is bought down as earnings and margins recover. At a 4% yield, it gives me a $250 stock price. So I have two stock prices, two different valuations. We're gonna split the difference and call it $270 a share out long-term. That's what we think the stock price is worth. What can I buy today? Lo and behold, I can buy as much as I want for $156 a share. That means you're gonna get almost a doubling of shares, not exactly a doubling share over time, but, but close. Plus, you get the pro rata share of cash flow. And if they can take that cash flow and go buy other brands during this downturn, Instead of dividending it out, uh, that's an added bonus for us. So when I do the consolidated numbers, I get a 10% annual growth rate or an IRR on my investment by owning the stock over the 10-year period of time, which is a very, very solid return uh, in this market. I think it's a, it's a decent bet on the stock. If the stock price drops further, I think it gets more attractive. And I think that's really why I want to do the review we seem to be on the cusp here where we're beginning to be into discounted value range as the stock pulls back below $156 if this trend here continues we're coming off this peak and you kind of come down and blow past fair market value as the as the market kind of you know over accelerates if you will then I think it becomes very interesting. If you're in this $120 to $114 range, which is a significant drop from where it is now, but it gets very attractive. You're buying that stock at about 16 times or 15, 15, 14 times earnings, which would be great because then you'd get your expansion market multiple over time plus the share repurchase program would be restated. So over time this business, if you bought it low, it could be a trifecta. I think right now it's a good investment at its range, if you want to start building a position, consider it. Uh, and then if it c- comes down even further, I think it moves into that trifecta range we talk about on the channel where you've got earnings growth, market multiple expansion, and a um, and a share buyback program. So this is uh, Ben Este Lauder, my review of it. I highly recommend you do your own diligence. Check out your own financial advisor. This is simply my channel, my blog, but it's um, I wanted to get the the, the stock out there because I like the stock. So let's recap the five key attributes. Number one, top-line revenue growth. Yes, it's growing. Number two, earnings growth. Yes, EBITDA is growing. Number three, strong free cash flow. It's not as strong as I would like but it is there. It's present. We'll check the box. Number three, low debt. It's absolutely on the cusp. They need to buy down debt. They're saying they're going to do it so we will check the box. And number three, well priced. Yes, I think it's well priced and I think it could become a better deal in the future if the stock price declines. So I'm going to give it a good, put it on your shelf, take a look at it, watch that stock. I think it's very interesting as it continues to climb. My name is Cameron Stewart. This is Rational Investing. This has been Estee Lauder. If you like the stock, cha- stock channel, if you like the the, the the work I'm doing, give me a like, give me a thumbs up, uh, subscribe. And if you if you want to check out the the, the, uh, the website cashflowinvestingpro.com. I teach a course where I'll teach you how to invest. Uh, thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye.